Uh, I want to bring us a little bit more focus this morning. Uh, I want to talk about the gospel in your everyday life, in your everyday context, okay? And so I'm talking uh, about everyday evangelism this morning and what that means for you. And so if you're able, would you stand with me? I want to pray for us. I want to just invite God to speak to us via his word. Um, and, and also for you to just ask God to speak to you, okay? God wants to speak to your heart this morning. God wants you to encounter him in his words. So let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your love and your goodness. God, thank you for your faithfulness. We sang that this morning. God, God great is your faithfulness. Your promises, God, they stand. And Lord, one of your promises uh, to us is that your word will never return to you empty, God, that it will always accomplish its purposes. And so, God, I just pray that as your word is spoken this morning, as your word is shared, God, that, that it would just accomplish every heart this morning. Holy Spirit, would you just come and move and minister in our hearts we just invite the Lord right where you are. Just invite the Lord to speak to you this morning. Just tell him, God, would you speak to me? Tell him, God, I want to hear from you. Would you speak to my heart this morning? Go ahead and ask him that for yourself. God, speak to me. God, I want to hear from you. I want to know you. God, I'm here for you. So God, I pray against anything that would distract us or take us away from grabbing hold of what you have to say. Lord, help us to focus in on you. Open up our ears, open up our hearts. God, let us get every little bit of what you have. And thank you for being here with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, go ahead and have a seat. So we have been talking about our gospel mission together as the church, right? As the, as the people of God. And we've been talking about this um, through the context of, of what Scripture calls the Great Commission. And, and most of us have heard this. If you've, certainly if you've been around the edge, you've heard it. And my guess is, is that if you've been around the church uh, much at all in your lifetime, this is familiar to you. And this is Jesus' instruction to us that we find in Matthew chapter 28. Right, verses 18 through 20. You've heard it a million times. You're going to hear it again this morning. Right, and here's what Jesus says. Jesus comes and he says, listen, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he says to us, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, right, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you and surely Jesus says I am with you always to the very end of the age simple right we've got that everybody good with that okay like we've heard this a number of times okay a question for you guys how many of you guys growing up used to play Simon Says how many, maybe some of you, how many of you still play because you got kids, so you play this like with some regularity, right? Like, uh, so, so most of us are familiar with this game, right? It's a, a simple kind of, uh, of kids game where, where basically all you do is whatever Simon says, and whatever you don't do is whatever Simon doesn't tell you to do, yeah? Ba okay, we're going to do a little, little, little game time here. We're going to try this. Okay, ready, adults? Okay, Simon says, clap your hands. Simon says, touch your shoulders. Simon says, rub your hands together. Simon says, raise one hand. 
Simon says, put that hand down. Simon says, raise your other hand. Simon says, put that down. Simon says, raise your hands in the air. Now wave them like you just don't care. Right? Uh, no, no, you missed it. Simon did not say. Wow. Kids even get that, guys. Okay. So, well done, church. Well done. Okay. But... But, but, but it's, pretty, it's basic, right? It's simple. Like Simon says, that's what you do. Simon doesn't say you, you stop, okay? My, my four-year-old twins are pretty good at this game. Okay, so, so you don't have to be super advanced to figure out how that all works. And on the other side, though, for us, like something that I think can be concerning for us or, 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 or a little bit of a concern for us as the church is that in the church, when it comes oftentimes to what Jesus says, we feel like that's not something that we have to do. And, and so the game becomes a, a, a little bit different. Like when Jesus says, well, it's not that that's such a big deal that we actually do that. Yeah, we should know what he says. That matters. Maybe we memorize the things that Jesus says. But when it comes to actually doing what he says, it's like, well, eh, maybe. That seems a little bit crazy, doesn't it? In James chapter 1, verse 22, it says to us, listen, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. It says, do what it says. To know God and not do what God says to do is to actually deceive yourself into thinking that you're actually following him. Remember that God says in his word, he, he says that to love me, to love God is to obey his commandments. To, to love God is to, to obey, to do the thing that he says to do, okay? And, and so to know Jesus and to not do what Jesus says to do is in fact to not love him. Now, now, I think if we're honest, for many of us, when it comes to sharing our faith, when it comes to, to living out this command and our mission to go and make disciples, that, that this isn't something that we struggle because we don't know what God has said, right? I think for a, a lot of us, we've even memorized what he said, but few of us actually do what he has said. And why is that so? Why is that the reality for many of us? I, I honestly think it's two things, okay? Uh, one is that, that I think that we, we know what he said, but we don't really feel we know how to do it. So, so like we got the what down, but the how becomes challenging for us. Like, like, okay, God, you told me to like go and make disciples. You told me to share. How do I do that? What does that look like? Okay, and that's, that's one part. And the other part of it, I think if we're honest, if we're really willing to be honest is we're scared. We're afraid. We're afraid that, that people might reject us. We're afraid that we might look foolish. Maybe we're afraid somehow we'll offend people and that makes us nervous. Is that any, anybody willing to be that honest this morning? Is that true? I, I think for, for some of us, uh, sharing the gospel with people feels a, a, a lot like jumping in on some double dutch. You know what I'm saying? Like, anybody double dutch before? Like, double dutch was a thing when I was a kid. Like, you'd go out to recess and there'd be people, like, doing that thing, right? And, and like, if you've ever done double dutch before, it, it, it's hard, okay? Like, like, there's two ropes going and you're not sure when to get in, 
okay? And so you're like, now, 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 no, not now, right? And, and like, like, and then you jump in there and you screw it all up, right? And the rope's all on you and everything else. I, I think that for some of us, sharing the gospel is like double dutch and we stink at jumping rope, okay? So, so you're just kind of there awkwardly and you're always trying to figure out like, when am I going to throw Jesus into this? When am I going to throw Jesus into this conversation? When am I going to just gonna sort of like go in on, on Jesus? Is it, should I go now? No, not now. Now? No, not now. Right? And, and, and so then you just, you just eventually go for it and you throw out something crazy, right? And, and so somebody's like, hey man, like why don't we go grab something to eat? And you're like, did you know Jesus is the bread of life? Right? <laughs> Or, or, or like, they're like, man, I'm so thirsty. And you'd be like, well, you know, God says that if you drink of him, you'll never thirst again, right? And you just get really weird, right? It's like, dude, check, your girlfriend's like, hey, check out this piercing I got. You're like, did you know Jesus was pierced for your transgressions, right? right? Like, like, like it, it just, it's kind of weird, right? Like he was crushed for your iniquities. And everybody's just sort of standing there confused, Right? They're sort of like looking at you with this strange look, like, what the heck are you even talking about? And in the end, you don't actually lead people closer to Jesus. You just lead them further away from you, you know? Like, because you're, because you're strange, right? And, and so when the Bible says to us, it's like, listen, like you, church, you, Christians, you are a peculiar people. It doesn't mean be weirdos, okay? Like, that, that's not the translation. It's not like be peculiar equals be weird. It, it just means that there's going to be some stuff that you do different than the rest of the world that looks more like Jesus. So, so how do we do this evangelism thing then, right? How, how do we share the gospel in our everyday context? Okay, Jesus himself and God's word uh, actually gives us some ideas to this. Go figure. Um, I, I would say a good source to turn to if you have questions is God's word okay like there's lots of places you can go for information the best one if you're a Christian is the word of God okay so so if you have your Bible uh, you can open it up to Luke chapter 10 uh, we're going to look at the first 11 verses of Luke 10 and we're going to talk about this a little bit and here's what it says this is Jesus uh, and it says after this the Lord, being Jesus, appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. And if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, drinking, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for a worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go in its streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. Okay, let's unpack this a little bit together because this is Jesus and he's sending out disciples. He's sending us out, okay, into the world on our mission. And there's honestly a lot in those 11 verses that we could pick apart and, and get to. But for the sake of our time together this morning, I want to highlight five things for you. Um, 
as it pertains to that Jesus shows us about our mission, okay? Five things, and then we're going to wrap up with just some practical next steps that we can take. Are you ready? Okay, so if you have your notes, you can pull those out. Five things that Jesus calls us to be here in Luke chapter uh, 10 uh, when it comes to sharing our mission and making disciples. Here's number one. You can write this down. Be missional. Okay, missional is a trendy word. It's kind of one that gets bounced around on a whole lot of things. But, but really simply put, being missional means to be on the mission. It means that you are mission-minded. In the very first verse uh, here, it tells us that Jesus sent them out. That's true of us. We have been sent. We are not here at our own leisure. I'm not going to belabor this point. Pastor Neil talked a lot about this last week, uh, about how the gospel is for everyone, and all of us bear the responsibility of sharing that good news. All of us are preachers, not just the person on this stage. right? All of us, that's the whole point, okay? All of us are missionaries. So, so, so you've been commissioned by Jesus, your Lord and Savior and King, to be, as 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us, his ambassadors. Which is to say then that being a missionary is not an invitation for a select few. Uh, it, being a missionary is actually being a Christian. Every Christian is a missionary. And, and so if you feel like you're here this morning, sitting around, I'm just waiting for that call of God on my life, for God to show me what to do, for God to just lead me in a direction. Well, good news, the wait is over, okay? Because here, it is, you have been called by God to be his ambassador. You have been given an assignment as a missionary from heaven, sent here to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We aren't waiting on our assignment. Okay, we've been given our assignment. Now, now, now we need to actually be about our mission. Where, 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 where should we be about our mission? Well, well, wherever God has placed you, that's where you should be about your mission. God has given every single one of us in this room a mission field. He has put you in a specific family. He's put you in a particular neighborhood. He's put you in a particular job. He's put you in a particular group of people, hobbies, interests, all other kinds of things, right? Like, like a school, whatever. God has placed you in specific places and there where he's put you, that's your mission field. Okay, he's put you there to be his witness. And, and so, so you don't have to sit there and wonder about like, well, where exactly is my field? Where has God put you? Okay, start there. That's a great field for you to work in. I'll tell you a field that, that I think is one that almost every one of us in this room share and few of us utilize as it pertains to the gospel is social media. Like everybody's on it. And you're on it. You know what I'm saying? And, and here's what's weird about it, is social media simply exists to proclaim and share things. It's like the whole point of it. In fact, there's a button on social media called share, okay? Like, and people do that, like, you share, like, the point is to share it, to get it out there, for it to be known, right? And, and so, like, social media could be, like, a great place, Facebook, Twitter, whatever app you use, like, for, for you to proclaim Christ. And I'm not talking here about posting a bunch of stuff so you can get in some kind of religious argument, okay? As far as I can tell, that's worthless. It, it, it's fruitless. I've never seen good come from it, really. And I've never really seen anybody be like, man, I really love Jesus now. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 when, when, when that's the approach, like, but, but what I'm saying here is that, that you can share about Jesus. You can share about who God is in your life. 
You can share about what God's doing in your life. You, you can share about who he says he is via his word, right? And, and guess what? People are on social media to observe your life. Like, there's only two reasons you're on it. That's to share your life and observe other people's. That's the whole point of it, okay? So it is a door. It's an opportunity to do something with the gospel. Be, be about the gospel and, and the different spheres that God has placed you in. Be about that. Here's the second thing. Be dependent. Be, be dependent. In verse, verse 2, it starts by saying, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. And then it says in verse 4, do not take a purse or bag or sandals or greet anyone. Here, here's what Jesus is saying to his disciples and, and to us. Listen, you need me. You need to depend on me. When it comes to your mission, you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. You're not going to be able to do this in your own strength with your own good words. Okay? The, the first thing that Jesus says is ask the Lord, which is in essence is pray. Essentially he's saying pray, ask God. Okay, why do we pray? Because we need God. We, we pray because we recognize that we are powerless to do things, that, that we need God to move. We need God to be God in our life and in our situations. The same is true of our mission. In the Old Testament, in the book of Zechariah, God was giving his people uh, this, this um, mission to build up his temple, okay, where God would be worshipped and where his temple would serve as a witness. And God says uh, in, in this vision, this prophecy in Zechariah 4 verse 6, says, so he said to me, talking about God, this is the word of the Lord uh, to Zerubbabel, who was the governor at the time, not by my, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. God, God says, listen, even go and tell your leaders this mission that you have been given is too big for you. It's, you don't have all the ability to put this together. You, the only way this is going to happen is by the work of my spirit. And the same is true for us and the mission that God gives to us. Like one of the things we got to know about our mission is a God-sized mission. Okay? Which means you can't just make it happen. God has to do it. Okay? It's bigger than you. So, so the work of God, the mission of God actually requires God in order for it to be done. So, so then when Jesus is sending out his disciples at the end of John's gospel, he tells them in verse 21, he says, listen, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then in the very next verse, in verse 22, it says that, and with that, he breathed his breath on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Before they could be about the mission, they needed to be filled with the power of his spirit to do it. Jesus is like, look, you can't do this on your own. Right? So, so this, is about, this is about us being dependent on God. This is about us drawing near to him. This is about our recognition. Like, man, if I'm going to be about this call of God in my life, I need God. I need him. I need to lean into him. I need to depend upon him. Jesus said in John 15, 5, look, I am the vine and you are the branches. And apart from me, right, you can do nothing. But in me, you will bear much fruit. Okay, so like, you need me first, you need me most, and your ability to do the things that I've called you to do is contingent upon your abiding in me. So listen to, to this, because this is really important, okay? We, we cannot attempt to make disciples of Jesus without being disciples of Jesus ourselves first. That, that's first for us. 
First for us is we draw near to God. We walk with him. We seek him. We pray, right? We, we, we abide in his spirit. We let him minister in us. And from that place, we go about our mission. You also get the impression here that, that we're going to need Jesus because our mission's not going to be easy. Like, I don't know about you, but it doesn't make me comfortable when Jesus is like, hey, hey, I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, how about we're lions or something, right? Like lions amongst wolves, right? We're, we're just going to overwhelm and overpower and, and, and right, all this kind of stuff, right? But, but, but what's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, listen, here's something you've got to embrace about your mission. It's going to hurt sometimes. It's going to be hard sometimes. Not everybody is going to like you if you are about this mission. Like, like, like you're going to be rejected. Here's what Jesus says in John 15, 18 to 20. He says, listen, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than its ma- his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Okay? Listen, if, if you've... If you go about this mission and you never face any persecution, if you go about this mission and no one ever rejects you, right? Everybody just likes you. There's a good chance that you aren't actually about the mission. Like you might not actually be proclaiming Christ. Because Jesus says, listen, that this is gonna be part of what happens if you stand with me. And proclaim me. But, but here's the good news. The good news on the other side of that is Jesus says, but I'm going to be with you every step of the way. So like you're not alone on this mission and I'm not just putting you out there like I'm with you. And so we can say like David said, look, I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not going to be afraid because you, God, are with me. Right? You're going to provide, you're going to be what I need along the way. So be dependent. Draw near to Jesus. Lean into him because in order to do this mission, we need him first. Here's the third thing. Be aware. So be missional. Be dependent. Be aware. Okay? The, the truth for some of us, including myself, is that, that sometimes we just miss out on the opportunities that God puts in front of us to share him with others simply because we're not paying attention. We have the an inattentional blindness. You ever heard of that? Inattentional blindness. It's this idea that you get so focused in one place that you can't see what's happening, you know, right, right almost in front of your face, right here, because you're just focused in a different direction. I, I think that, that, that for us, if we're honest, sometimes we get so consumed with our own life. We get so consumed with our own families and jobs and stuff and future that, that we're not aware of, of the people that God is placing right in front of us, the people that God has put in our spheres simply for the purpose of them experiencing and knowing him. Back in... Uh, Luke 10, starting in verse 5, it says this weird thing. It says, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. And if a man of peace, if a man of peace is there, uh, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house, right? So, so there's this weird thing where, where God is, if you're wrestling, like, well, well, who do I share the gospel with and, and how does this work? Jesus says this weird thing about, like, well, pay attention to the person of peace. 
Okay? Pay, pay attention to this person of peace. Who, who's the person of peace? The person of peace is the one who's actually interested in you. Okay? The, the, the person of the peace is the one who's open to you. The person of peace is the one who actually talks to you. Okay? Who, who, who maybe cares a little bit. Who's interested a, a little bit. Maybe it's somebody who serves you in some way. They like being around you. They ask questions. That's a person of peace. Pay attention to those people and and focus on them. We can get ourselves so bogged down sometimes just trying to figure out where Jesus with that random person on the train, right, while totally missing out on our neighbor who every day we see them says hi to us, asks how we're doing, seemingly is interested in talking to us, and we just want to get into our house. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be open to sharing Jesus with anybody anywhere, okay? I'm just saying that God has already put people in front of you. He's done it on purpose. You're not where you are on accident. And so God has put people around you so that they might know him, right? Jesus said in John 4, 35, he says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. He's saying pay attention, look, notice, be aware, right? Because if you are paying attention to your field, if you're paying attention to your mission field, you are going to realize that there are people ready to hear and receive the good news of Jesus. So share it, okay? Embrace the person of peace. And on the flip side, then Jesus says in verses 10 and 11, he says, but when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go in its streets, say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. And in a sense, Jesus is saying, listen, don't waste all your time on people who don't want it. You're like, you, you've got that one family member or friend or neighbor or, or co-worker, whoever, who simply wants to argue with you all the time about faith. They're just hostile to God and the things of God, right? Love them for sure. Pray for them, okay? But, but don't spend all your time trying to share the gospel. They don't want to hear it. They're not there. I think I shared this story with you guys before, but, but I, and for me, the way that this works is I, want, I try to pay attention to the people who share things with me that they normally shouldn't share, right? That's an invitation. So like, so like what sh- the things people ought to share with you, which is sort of random, like your neighbors or whatever, it's like, hey man, how you doing? Good to see you. What'd you do last night? Right, kind of a thing. The, the things that are, aren't so expected is when they start then opening up the deep places that are lying. Right, so, so Dana Mori and I were sitting on a balcony in Mexico uh, at this restaurant. Lunch, nobody's in, the, no one's there. Literally no one. And, and one guy comes in and sits on this balcony. And, and clearly he's an American guy. We're like, hey, how you doing? Whatever. Uh, I, I don't actually remember his real name. I only remember that he went by Dutch. You know, go figure. But that, that, that's, like, like, I remember Dutch. And, and, and Dutch is like, hey, where are you guys from? We're like, oh, we're from the Chicago area. He's like, oh, I'm from, I'm from Hinsdale originally, but he lives in Florida. We're like, oh, man, great, great to meet you, Dutch. He was an elderly gentleman. And out of nowhere, we didn't say anything else about it. Dutch goes, we said, oh, man, how do you enjoy Mexico, whatever? He's like, oh, it's great. Well, you know, they, they said the cancer was going to kill me, but it looks like it'll be the chemo. So we're like, that's, that's a lot to tell somebody you just met. You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally talked to this guy for about 30 seconds, and that's what he put on the table, you know? We're like, so, so Dane and I are like, all right. <laughs> yeah. We go over to him, we're like, hey, man, can we, Dutch, can, 
Can we, can we share something? We, can we, you know, we shared the Lord with him and prayed for him. We're like, hey, can we pray for you? And we know that our God is a healing God, and, and we want to ask the Lord just to touch your body. And heal. All, all this stuff, we just had this awesome time with Dutch. And I don't know what happened to Dutch. I never saw Dutch again, but I like to believe that, that God did an incredible work in his life. Right? Like, like, this is where we need to delineate between our mission and God's, and God's mission. Our mission is to share the good news. God's mission is to deal with the outcome of that. Okay? So like whether someone receives that good news or not is not up to me. Sharing the good news, that, that, that's what's up to me, okay? So, so be aware, pay attention. Who, who are the people who are interested in your Who are the people asking you stuff? Who, who are the people who are already reaching out? Here's the fourth one. Uh, be incarnational. That's a big word. Incarnational. Simply put, that, that means be with, Okay? Be incarnational. Be with. Okay, in verse 7, Jesus says, listen, stay there with that person of peace. Eating and drinking whatever they give you. Right? Don't move from house to house. Jesus is like, look, don't just stay up and get out the doors. Or, or, yeah, don't just show up to get out. The, like, stay with some people. Be with them. Be in their midst. Right? This is what Jesus does with us. Okay? The, in the beginning of John's gospel, John chapter 1 and verse 14, it tells us, listen, about Jesus, the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This is the incarnation of Christ. It is one of the amazing doctrines of our faith. And the Bible teaches us that the almighty, all-knowing, perfect, holy creator, God of the universe, leaves the glory of heaven and comes to earth for us. That's amazing. God moves into our neighborhood. God comes into our mess. God steps into our lives to be with us, okay? This is why we hear Jesus called Emmanuel, right? God with us. That's part of the nature of God. We don't tend to think about the incarnation very often as it pertains to our own lives, but the reality is that that God came into the world that, and took on human flesh for us, and that ought to mean some things for how we do our life, okay? Because our theology, what we believe about God, okay, uh, ought to inform our methodology, what we do with God and as it pertains to God. So, so our theology about God informs our doing, our methodology for God. And, and so, so when we recognize and we realize that our God is a missionary God, it means we ought to be a missionary people. If the way of God is engaging the world through incarnation, through being with, then perhaps that Think about it like this. If, if missional, in a sense, is going, incarnational, in a sense, is staying. And, and I know it's, sometimes we get really excited about going. <laughs> sometimes we get really excited about, uh, about the next, right? But fewer seem to be and get excited about, about staying, about remaining. We, we kind of have this tendency to love short-term commitments. We, we, we love one-time events, right? We love the stuff we can get in and get out of, okay? Not a lot of commitment involved there. We can walk away anytime that we want. But, but, but if you, have you ever really thought about the fact that Jesus left heaven and dwelled here for 30 Three years and for three years gave himself day in and day out to 12 people every day all the time right think about that would you ever commit yourself to a people in such a way I love that people are willing to go 
right? Willing, willing to be about the next thing. There's something that's really exciting about that. I get excited about that myself. I think sometimes the harder question is, but will I stay? Would I, will I be incarnational in that sense? Would, would I invest my life and commit myself to those people, whoever those people are, right? To those people that God has called me to, to reach. Would I, will I make them a priority, right? It's a hard thing to do, right? Because we, we do, we get excited about what's next. Next always sounds more exciting. But what might God do? And how might others taste and see of him if rather than focusing on the next place, that you could go or get to, you made staying and committing yourself to loving people where you are a priority. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes reaching people for Jesus takes time. Like sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it takes a lot of commitment and intentionality and time, right, and energy. It takes giving of ourselves for their good and for the sake of the gospel. So instead of just going maybe we be like jesus and we be with people that we invest in them right and we get into the mess of their lives and we just say look i'm gonna stick around i'm gonna stay here for your sake and the gospel so be incarnational here's the last one number five be a blessing be a blessing in verse 9, it says, heal the sick who, who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. In other words, show Jesus and share Jesus, okay? We talked about this a lot. Make it your priority to love people and share the gospel with your works and your words. First of all, be a minister, be a servant, be a blessing. As you're with people, pay attention, right? Like, pay attention, listen, find out what their needs are and seek to meet those needs. Ask how and consider how you might meet those needs. Jesus said in, in, in Mark 10, 45. He said, listen, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We already read earlier that no servant is greater than his master. So if Jesus came to be a servant, guess what we are? Servants. Look for opportunities to love and serve people. Okay? And and there's a lot of things you can do. Okay? There's a lot of ways that you can do this. I'll give you a few different ideas. Okay? This one's crazy. You can actually ask someone how you can pray for them crazy i know like like somebody at work your neighbor hey hey you have anything going on anything i can pray for you about or maybe it just comes up in conversation like they're sharing something with you you just say hey can i pray for you about that and then here's a crazier thing maybe even do that right there whoa right at least though if nothing else say say man i want to pray for you about that and then actually pray for them and then follow up with them and say hey i just wanted to check back with you on that i've been praying for you about that there's an opportunity. There's a door, right? Maybe invite somebody over that doesn't know Jesus and actually hang out with them, be with them, go out for lunch with them, have them over for dinner, your neighbors, a coworker, whatever. Like, be with people in that sense, right? Maybe invite people to join in on activities. You know, I can tell you one of the things I really loved about um, our, our father-daughter event last night was how our Connect team made space for us to bring people with us. And there was a lot of people there last night I didn't know. Uh, I brought one of my neighbors with us. And, and what an awesome opportunity. So thank you for doing that, team, because to me, that was like a gospel thing. That was like, hey, let's be with people. There's opportunities that arise when we're with people. So, so what are the things in your life you could invite somebody else to share in? Or maybe as you find out about the things that are important to them that you can go and be a part of. 
Here's another one. Find out about significant events in their life. Birthdays, anniversaries, right? So stuff that, that, that are important dates for them. And then find ways that you can sort of celebrate them, honor them, bless them, encourage them. One of the things we do, or use holidays. Man, we're coming up to Thanksgiving and Christmas. What an awesome season and opportunity to bless people and invite some conversations. For us as a family, when we moved into our, our house uh, four years ago and that neighborhood, we said, hey, Christmas, we're going to get something, a little something for everybody on our street and, and tell them that, like, get, just share a little bit of Jesus with them. Tell them that we're praying for them and, and what have you. And, and who knows what God will do with that as we just continue to minister and be a blessing and love and serve. There's so many ways that you can do that. How can you show Jesus to people? By loving them. Notice also here, though, that, that, that Jesus then goes on also to say to tell them. So, so there is a part of this where it comes to opening your mouth and talking about God, okay, right? It, it says in verse 9, like, yeah, do the works, heal the sick, do, do the thing, right? And it says, and tell them, tell them, share with them, right? Like, like, this is where I think for a lot of us, where we tend to freeze up, where we tend to chicken out a little bit. We tend to go like, ah, that, like, doing something for you, cool, but I got to say something, ah. But as Romans 10, 14 tells us, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? The answer is they can't and you are the answer. At some point, we have to open our mouths and share Jesus. Maybe the question for us is, what do I say? Right? Like, like what, 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 do I, what do I say? I, I, I'm gonna, I'll tell you two things that you share. Okay, the first is you share your story. Like, if you are a Christian, you have a Jesus story. You have a story where you came to, to be, you were introduced to Jesus, where, where you surrendered your life to him, and you ought to then also have a story about what God is doing in your life now. You have a story. Share your Jesus story. Hey, can I tell you something that happened to me last week? Hey, can I tell you about how, how this crazy thing that God did for me? I, even for us, it's funny, like different conversations. We have our thankfulness jar that's on the count, our counter. People come into my house to ask about us. Oh, did I tell you about stuff God's been doing? Right, like, like there's so many ways ways, but you can share your story. That's one thing. Second of all, that you can share his story, okay? So you can share your Jesus story, and secondly, you can share his story. You can share the good news of the gospel of Jesus for everybody, okay? You can do that. If you don't feel confident in that, I'm going to give you four words, okay? So if you're a person who you're like, man, how do I think about this? Four words. You can write these down that will help guide your conversation about Jesus and his story. They're these words. God, us, Christ, and response, okay? God, us, Christ, and response. Four words, okay? God, really simply, like, what about God? Well, exactly. What about God? Well, God is the creator of everything, of heaven and earth, and God created you in his image and likeness, and God loves you, and he made you to know him and to be with him in relationship forever. Okay? Really simple. Right? Us? What about us? Well, well though God made us in his image and likeness to be with him, like, like instead, we as mankind, we as people, we sin and rebel against God. And all of us do it, right? All of us sin. Not one of us is perfect. And, and the problem with our sin is that it separates us 
from God and the life we're meant to have with him and in him. It's a hard issue, right? And so we're eternally separated. Christ, right? What about, what about Christ? Well, because of this mess that we find ourselves in, right? God lovingly and graciously comes into human history as the man, Jesus Christ, right? Supernaturally born of a virgin, living a life perfect without sin with the purpose of willingly giving up his life on the cross for our sin, paying our debt to God and purchasing our salvation. And after three days, Jesus was raised from death to life in victory over sin and death. And he reigns now forever as Lord, God, and King, right? Like, like that's Jesus. Jesus came. He did this thing that we couldn't do, right? He could, we, no, we couldn't pay our debt to God. We can't be perfect. Whatever Jesus came and he is. Okay, response. So what do I do with that? Well, well, Jesus then calls and invites all people everywhere to turn from sin, follow him, and put their trust in him. Right? And what he did for us, not our works, his work, right? so that we can receive his salvation and we can receive his forgiveness and his life and that we can be with God in relationship with him today and forever. Right? We're saved by his grace. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. God did it for us. We receive the free gift of what he did by faith, by putting our hope and trust in him. That's it. I don't know what that took, like a minute, you know? Right? Four words. God, us, Christ, response. You can share that with somebody. These four words, they really sum up. There's kind of the essence of the gospel message, and you can share that good news. Listen, there's so many things that we can do in this life, okay? There's so many things. There's so many ways we can invest our time and energy and effort. But the greatest investment in this life you will ever make is in the one that outlasts you. Okay? The greatest investment you'll ever make is the one that lasts for eternity. That's the biggest one. That's the best one. That's the most important one. And, and yeah, the, 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 the message, it's pretty simple. It seems simple. It sounds simple. Okay, but don't underestimate the importance or the power of the gospel. Paul said it like this in Romans 1.16. He says, for, listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. I pray for us that we can say the same thing. I am not ashamed of this gospel but I believe that it has the power to change lives forever. Be on the mission. Be missional. Be dependent. Be on God and his power. Be aware of who God has put in your life and the opportunities he puts in front of you. Be incarnational. Be with people and be a blessing. Show and share Jesus with people. You can do it. God has given this to you and he will be with you all along the way. I'm going to invite Noel to come back up and the team and I'm going to close. I want to wrap this up by, by helping you get your arms around this a little bit and give you just a, a, a few practical next steps that you can take to, to, to walk in your mission and to grow in that, okay? So, so here's the first one. And if you have a pen or your phone or whatever, um, or maybe you're just good at memory remembering things, but I want, I want you to consider this. I, I want you to consider two or three people that are in your life right now that need Jesus. Two, two or three people, maybe that's someone in your family, maybe that's a neighbor, may, maybe that's somebody uh, that you work with, maybe that's somebody you go to school with. 
Maybe that's somebody you're involved in some, some hobby or club or whatever with. But, but, but I, I, I guarantee if you consider enough, there's at least two people you can come up with who you're like, man, they, they need Jesus. They need to know Jesus. And, 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 and I don't just mean they need to know Jesus, but, but also, like, maybe, maybe there are two or three people who, like, you have some kind of relationship with, some connectedness to, like, you've talked to them some, like, like you've hung out with them some, or whatever. Who are two or three people in your life that, that need to know Jesus? And here's what I want to invite you to do. I, I want to invite you and challenge you to commit to praying for them every day. Starting today and saying, I'm, gonna, I'm committing, God, that I'm going to pray for them that they might know you, okay? And, and if you're like, well, I don't know how to pray, right? I, I, I don't know how to do this prayer. Let me, let me give you three things that you can pray, okay? Here, here, here's, what you, here's what you can ask God. God, open a door. God, open my mouth. And God, open their heart. Open a door, an opportunity. God, open my mouth and let me be courageous and open their heart to receive you, God. That's my prayer. Who are those people in your life? Write write their their names down and look for how God gives you opportunity. Something I'll encourage you with, community group leaders even in the room, talk about that in your community group. As you gather together, hey, who's God put on your heart? Hey, let's pray for them. Let's, Let's lift them up together and see how God might move. And then, well, I can even ask you about that throughout the year then. Say, hey, whatever happened with so-and-so? Anything God's doing there? Here, here, here's the second thing you can do. Uh, consider your own story. Okay? T- take a little time to, to consider your Jesus story. Right? Like, like practice that. Share that. Write it down. Like, like, man, how, how, what would I say to somebody about my story in Jesus? Okay, how, how, ha, how did you meet Jesus? How has God been working in your life since then? Like, let me practice that. Let me sh- maybe share that with, with your community group. Share that with another believer. Because here's something that I think is true. If I'm not good at sharing Jesus with people who already love him, I'm not going to be good at sharing Jesus with people who don't. So, so like, like, make that part of my, like, hey, can I tell you about God? Can I tell you about Jesus and what he's done for me? And here's the last one. Like, inv- invite somebody. In- 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 invite somebody to come here. We're going to start our Advent series uh, two weeks from today. And, and, and our Advent series into Christmas is just going to be the gospel. It's just going to be leading us in, in the gospel and God's story for mankind. Invite somebody to come. Take a risk. Invite him to Christmas. See how God might use that to minister in their heart and in their life that they might know him. If you can, would you guys stand with me? I'm gonna pray and we'll close with our worship. Father, I thank you this morning for your word and God, I thank you. God, for every single person in this room God, I pray that for us, Lord, every, everyone here, Lord, that every single one of us would know you, that we, God, in this room, that we would know you, your love, your grace, your mercy, your truth. And God, I pray for anybody in this room, even now, who, who has not yet surrendered their life to you, who has not received the gift of your grace. God, that, that you would just minister in their heart. And if you're here this morning and you have never done that, today is a day for you. Today is an opportunity for you, an opportunity for you to to take the invitation of Jesus who invites you and, and calls you, look, repent, turn from your sin, 
Come and follow me. Put your hope, put your trust in me. And, and Jesus promises that, that we, as we do that, as we put our trust in him, as we say, I'll follow you, God. I'll, I'll receive what you did for me on the cross. That he says he will fill us with his spirit. That he will give us new life and life everlasting. And God, I pray that for, for those of us who know you in this room, Lord God, that we would be bold and courageous to share our faith. God, that we would take your command to us seriously. God, this commission that you've given us, Lord, because you want the world to know you. And so, Lord, would you do a work in us, Lord God, to, to just inspire us, Lord, to, to draw us, to call us, to, to convict us, Lord God, just to lead us in our gospel mission. God, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your word. Fill us with boldness and courage. God, I pray that we would be a people who proclaim you and that because of our lives and because of our witness, Lord, that many would come to know you. God, that you would be lifted up and exalted and glorified in us and through us. Have your way in us, God. In Jesus' name, amen.